0: And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. We're Aaron Sexton along with you. Joining us now, Ryan Aber from the Oklahoma. Talk a little Sooner football. And, Ryan, how are you doing today?
1: Doing great. How are you doing?
0: Out- outstanding. I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with me here on this uh, Thursday afternoon. And I-, I guess the first question I want to ask you, Ryan, is, you know, we talked before the season began and, and what expectations – were for this football team, have they surpassed that now for you?
1: Yeah, I think uh, certainly and and not just that they've won. I think if a lot of people expected them to be 4-0 at this point, but the way that they've done it, the 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 level of defense that they've played so far, now they've got uh you know a lot of their their tougher opponents still lie ahead for them. But mm-hmm. At the same time, the way that they're playing has certainly got people uh uh you know both internally and externally really fired up about the potential uh moving forward for this team and this program
0: ryan isn't this the vision that that you had by hiring brent venables as their head coach on the defensive side of the ball
1: oh yeah no doubt about it now they've still got some steps to to take as far as uh you know the recruiting job that they've done especially on the defensive line and uh, they, they want to get after the quarterback a whole lot more than they've been able to uh, so far. But certainly the, the turnovers that they've been able to force in bunches and, and the way that they've been able to come up with uh, third-down stops really regularly, one of the top third-down defenses in the country, and uh, just doing a whole lot better job of finishing on that side of the ball than they did a year ago. That's what uh, Brent Venables wanted, and certainly he's a whole lot happier now uh, than he was a year ago when that defense really fell apart uh you know as the season went on
0: what is the difference this year in the defense compared to the first year
1: i think a big piece of it is depth that uh, right. they're able to, to roll guys out there in in waves and and they can keep guys fresh you know last year Danny Stutzman played uh you know around 95 percent of the snaps this year so far he's at under 80. Now I think that number will go up a little bit as the season goes on, but I don't think it'll go up drastically like uh, you know what we've seen. And, and they're able to uh, uh, keep guys fresher, and I think that's helped them late in games. Still play solid defense. We saw it on Saturday in Cincinnati when they played uh, 29 players on 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 defense. A similar number against SMU a couple weeks ago in a game that was fairly tight uh, there at the end and. You know, even missing a couple of starters, Justin Harrington and, and Reggie Pearson in particular, they were still able to uh, keep rolling guys out there. And at the end, felt like there were guys on the sidelines who didn't get to play that they wanted to get in. Versus last year when Ted Roop and Brent Venables were looking around thinking, "Who in the world can we throw out there and and you know have the least amount of damage?" Uh, so a, a much different vibe around this defense for sure.
0: When you look at the offensive side of the ball, Dylan Gabriel is taking huge strides forward, and he is really playing well right now for the senior redshirt with 1,200 yards, putting more passing, 12 touchdowns, only one interception. What's the difference in his play on the offensive side?
1: I think to me, when I look at him last year, when he put up really good numbers, but you know there was a, a feeling that maybe their their quarterback play was down. Now, of course, their their quarterback play standard at OU is, is different from really any place else, <laughs> the, 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 what they've put out there you know, over the last decade or so. But uh, still, Dylan Gabriel, I think the biggest difference for him is his ability to, to throw the ball downfield. We've seen Andrew L. Anthony become a big, uh, deep target for him, not scoring a ton of touchdowns, but he's able to to set up a lot with long, long plays and just the depth of their uh, receiving group that I, was a big question mark uh, going in, but they've been able to get Andrew Anthony established. Jalil Farouk has been solid. Drake Stoops has been, you know, everything that they could have hoped for him. And, uh, you know, several other guys, Nick Anderson in particular, really making an impact there four touchdowns over the last two games, but Dylan Gabriel making really good decisions as well. Uh, you know, not uh, forcing the ball into to tight spots, uh, when it's ill-advised, but also not taking, uh, sacks uh, the way he did last year mm-hmm. sometimes trying to uh, hold on to the ball too long so i i think just a a more mature uh, more polished Dylan gabriel this season so far
0: ryan aber with the oklahoma here on the press box on espn central texas and ryan is the biggest question mark right now still with this offense at the running back position
1: yeah i think it's got to be and, and the way that they've uh, switched through things has been really interesting and a bit head scratching there
2: mm-hmm. with uh,
1: Tawi Walker and Marcus Major being one grouping, and then Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk being the other. And over the last three weeks, they've sort of rotated who gets to play. So if if that's the indication this week, it would be a Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk kind of week. But uh, you know, I th- I still think that those two are going to be the guys that eventually separate themselves. But certainly, Marcus Major and Tawi Walker have earned. Uh, Earn playing time. And, you know, Marcus Major, it's never been a question of talent. It's just been a question of being able to stay on the field for a variety of reasons. Tawi Walker has been a a big surprise there, a walk on guy who really right now has been their best, uh, most consistent running back and uh, pass catcher out of the backfield also. But they want somebody to emerge as maybe not necessarily the number one guy, but a number one and number two. Uh, tandem. Uh, But uh, the way that it's worked out so far, it's been interesting. You know, the biggest thing I think for them in the running game is uh, as much the offensive line getting settled as anything else. And they've, they've done a great job protecting Dylan Gabriel, but their, their run blocking needs to take a step forward. They need to find some consistency at left guard where Savion Bird has been hurt. But uh, even before he got hurt was really inconsistent. He's a young guy but uh, really talented, but uh, they've, they've got to find some consistency there and be able to uh, open up holes for whoever is in the backfield there.
0: Yeah, You know me, Ryan. I'm old school, and, and I feel like you've got to have that that thoroughbred back there that you can rely on to finish games. Is that what they're looking for as well, to just find that guy yeah. to, to – you mentioned emerge, but just take over and say, look, give me the ball.
1: Yeah, I I think so. And and my first impression would be that it would be uh, Javante Barnes, but really the way that things have come together, you wonder if it's going to wind up being Marcus Major.
2: Mm -hmm. Because he had
1: a big-time run uh, on Saturday in Cincinnati where they're backed up at the goal line, third and 19, and just hand him the ball uh, trying to get out of the shadow of the goal line, and he gets a first down and really fights his way there had a couple of critical runs in the second half as well. So, like I like I said earlier, you know, it's really uh, a question of him being healthy and being able to stay on the field. And if he's able to do that, I think he certainly got all of the skills to be that kind of guy. There's a you know a, a different variety of skill sets in there, but Marcus Major is the one that you can see just sort of being able to wear down defenses and get those big carries in the third and fourth quarter when it's really critical.
0: Ryan, did you think that we'd be at this point in the season and say OU's ranking first in the Big 12 at 46.8 points per game after what you saw last year? I mean, I I think that on both sides of the ball right now, for the Sooners, you look at it, and it's pretty good complementary football.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's something that's really been missing uh, for this program, obviously the defensive element to it, especially – but uh, the, off, the offense is playing a whole lot better than they were a year ago. They're not perfect, but they're able to uh, do some things, even in those tight games that we've seen against Cincinnati and SMU. They've been able to do some things that last year they weren't able to do, whether it's convert on third down. You know, even the drives that uh, have, have stalled for them have generally been drives that have uh, uh, taken some time where it's not just a 30-second three and out like we saw uh, on several occasions a year ago so uh, certainly being able to win the game win win games in multiple ways is something that they're going to have to do as the season moves forward and it's something that they've shown the ability to do uh, so far this year and it's been a, a big breath of fresh air i know a lot of ou fans are really excited about uh, the way that things are going after uh, you know being disappointed with uh, the way that last season played out
0: they get the Cyclones this week, and, of course, we all know what next week is with the Red River rivalry or whatever you want to call it nowadays, whatever whatever the moniker is. It's a big game. there in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. But with Iowa State coming up in the Cyclones, how important is it that Brent Venables gets this team locked down and not looking ahead to taking a trip to Dallas?
1: Yeah, very important because this Iowa State team, even with uh, you know some of the losses that they've had and uh, some of the off-season drama that's gone on within the program that's left them shorthanded, this Iowa State team's a dangerous team. As we saw last week against OSU, uh, they, they're able to play really solid defense, uh, as they've pretty much always been able to do under Matt Campbell, and they can uh, jump up and bite you. I think what's helped this OU team is the consistency of the message, and it's not just the old uh, cliche w- taking them one game at a time. They've even broken that down into sort of one day at a time and trying to be 1-0 every day and uh, staying uh, sharply focused. We talked to some players this week, and they talked about having a windshield mentality, not looking in the rearview mirror uh, much at all and mm-hmm. uh, not looking too far ahead either. And, uh, you know, I I don't know that it's possible not to look ahead in some levels to Texas uh, for everything that that game is and certainly what happened last year and who Texas is this year. But uh, they've said all the right things and and shown all the right things to this point. So uh, I think they're confident in their ability to not uh, overlook Iowa State. And I think the experience of last year has really helped uh, mold that because last year I think they sort of got ahead of themselves after that success that they had in the non-conference schedule mm-hmm. and started thinking that, thinking too far ahead instead of uh, focusing on the day-to-day, and that's certainly been uh, a, a much different case this year.
0: When you look at Iowa State and coming into OU, are you a little bit surprised to where they are after the turmoil that they hit right before the season started?
1: Yeah, a, a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if expected them to fall apart the right word, but you wondered how they'd be at the quarterback position. You'd wondered how that defense would be able to hold up. But, you know, they've been uh, pretty solid. Their, their freshman quarterback, Rocco Beck, has been uh, really good, I think, to this point, as good as they could have hoped uh, for him. Now still got some growth to go. And then on the defensive side, they've still been uh, really solid. Now uh, last week. Uh, Oklahoma State did some things that uh, topped that 400-yard mark of total offense, which doesn't seem uh, that big, mm-hmm. especially considering some of the numbers that OU has uh, allowed over the last couple of years. But it, it had been uh, you know, a couple of seasons since anybody had put up 400 yards on them. Uh, it's been uh, even longer since anybody has thrown for 300 on them. So this is a, still a defense with a lot of teeth uh, there, under, under Matt Campbell and, and the guys that, that uh, put together that side of the ball for them. And um, it, I I have been in- impressed with the job that they've done, but I guess we shouldn't really be too surprised given the track record that that coaching staff has had, uh, you know, over the last few years.
0: Ryan Aver with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And, you know, Big 12 fans with – Oklahoma and Texas saying goodbye and going to the SEC. All the talk coming into the season was, well, we can't let these two teams play for a Big 12 championship. It looks like that train could be picking up steam right now, Ryan.
1: Yeah, it really does. with The way that Texas is playing, the way that OU is playing, and heck, you look at the schedule mm-hmm. uh, for, for Oklahoma in particular. Even if uh, they, they lose to Texas, Oklahoma has a schedule that's very favorable to getting uh, to Arlington and and being a part of that uh, Big 12 title game. So I I think uh, certainly there's a a lot of confidence in that on the OU and Texas sides, and I imagine some consternation uh, in uh, the Big 12 offices. Uh, You know, will Brett Yormark make that short drive over If it's uh, Texas and Oklahoma, will they cancel the, you know, Nelly concert and all that stuff uh, going on if it's, uh, you know, sort of a lame duck Big 12 championship game? But uh, certainly would be interesting to have an OU Texas rematch down there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's get through the first one first. But uh, certainly it's shaping up like that's a distinct possibility.
0: What is the saddest part about this move for Ryan Aber? Is it? The Bedlam battle with Oklahoma State, the last one being in Stillwater on November 4th, is is—is that the one thing that you're going to look at this schedule each and every year and go, wow, I really wish that was on there?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's a couple of things, but Bedlam is right there at the top. I mean, this has been such a great series, and not only in this state, but you know, it's sort of setting the tone in the Big 12 over the last, uh, mm-hmm. you know,
2: 15, 20
1: years with the jobs that uh, Bob Stoops and then Lincoln Riley and now Brent Venables and, uh, and then Mike Gundy have done with their programs. And it, it's going to be weird not having that on the schedule. You understand why, why it's happening based on, you know, future scheduling and, and things like that. But it's still disappointing and it'll be really weird next November uh, not to have a bedlam to get amped up for because it's been uh, such a good good thing in the Big 12. Uh, but, you know, this has unfortunately been a, a consequence of a conference realignment, you know. Mm-hmm. For years, Nebraska and Colorado was such a great rivalry in the Big 12 North, and, and then that went away. And then, you know, we've seen uh, Kansas and Missouri and, and others that have been sort of, you know, the fabric of the sport, uh, being taken away. So, um, the, it's just the reality of things, but hopefully at some point, like OU and Nebraska have done at some point, uh, OU and OSU will be able to, uh, get that series resumed, even if it's, uh, you know, for just a few years.
0: Ryan, what's the biggest surprise in the big 12 for you so far halfway through the season?
1: Oh gosh, that, that's, uh, you know that's a tough one. I think, to me, the way that Texas is playing and and being able to beat Alabama certainly was an eye opener mm-hmm. with that. But uh, being able to do what they did to Baylor last week and and really control that game uh, most of the way that was one that I was questioning. You know, just just how how well they'd be able to do that and, and keep up because we've seen Texas jump up and, and win some big time games, but uh, you know then they'll they'll slip and and not be as consistent moving forward. But Quinn Ewers has been really good uh, so far, thrown for over 1,000 yards and, and no no interceptions. That's big. Obviously, we know what kind of player Xavier Worthy is for them uh, in the receiving core, but they've really shown some depth there beyond him. And I, so I think so far probably Texas' success. But uh, on the other side, I think Oklahoma State struggles in uh, mm-hmm. you know, losing – to, to South Alabama, that was an eye-opener, them not being able to figure out who their quarterback is with Alan Bowman and, and a couple of other guys being in the mix there, including Gunnar Gundy. Uh, and and then just I did not expect them to go up and, and lose to Iowa State even after uh, that South Alabama loss. So I think on the positive and negative side, that's, uh, that's what's been the most surprising to me uh, so far in this league. Do you
0: think that, that Oklahoma State is is reeling right now a little bit? I mean, obviously, two-game loss, they probably shouldn't have lost either one of those. But, I mean, did the transfer portal hurt them that bad? And so many teams that you look at and go, well, it helped them. But for Oklahoma State, it it was no favors at all.
1: Yeah, there's there's got to be winners and losers when uh, whenever things like the transfer portal happen and certainly – Oklahoma State to this point has turned out to be a loser in that uh, you know they hoped that Alan Bowman would really grab grab that role and, and take charge of it. Obviously lost Spencer Sanders, who you know that situation is. I think maybe both sides sort of wish they could have it back mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, but but their defense hasn't been great. Their uh, their offensive line that they felt had a chance to be significantly better than a year ago hasn't been and uh you know everything that uh, could go wrong for them outside of just a a deep slate of injuries has gone wrong for them so far and and they're going to have to uh, turn it around quick because their schedule isn't uh, quite as favorable as what we talk about with OU -hmm. Uh, they've got Kansas State coming up and then Kansas and a then a, a couple of teams in West Virginia and Cincinnati that I think have played, uh, well. West, in West Virginia's case, played better than I think a lot of people expected there. And Cincinnati's shown some teeth as well. And then you've got Bedlam. So it's uh, it, it could be a tough road for them uh, here over the next month, month and a half to get this thing turned around.
0: Are they a prime example of why the transfer portal needs to change a little bit in some cases?
1: Yeah, I think you know in in some ways, but also you know I, I wonder how much change we're going to see. I right. think certainly as the uh, momentum has shifted toward the power being on the player side, that it's it's going to be hard to put some of those things uh, back in the bottle. I know obviously uh, narrowing the dates down will help uh, help teams get some certainty in their roster, but it's still going to be a tough situation for, for anybody. And I, but I think it's a, uh, sort of an example of why coaches have to change their approaches a little bit. And Mm -hmm. we've seen that with, certainly with Brent Venables and and OU, we've seen it with a lot of other programs, the way that their coaches and and staffs have adapted uh, to the new reality. And I think Oklahoma state's been a little bit slow to adapt to that uh, with, with Mike Gundy and some of his, uh, philosophies, some of his policies uh, that have, uh, you know, hurt them at times. And I think uh, certainly he's shown an ability to adapt to, to other things. And I, I think uh, certainly there's a, uh, uh, an expectation that he'll uh, adapt there, but uh, there's a lot of frustration in Stillwater with how things have played out to this point, both as it relates to the transfer portal and, and otherwise.
0: Ryan Aber with the Oklahoman talking Sooners and Cowboys with us here on ESPN Central Texas. All right, Ryan, before I let you go, Iowa State coming up Saturday, 6 p.m. They're in Norman. Do the Sooners go to 5-0? and
1: Yeah, I think they do. I, I think, uh, think OU is able to win this game. I think their, their defense and, and Danny Stutzman and Jaron Kanick, if he's able to play, the linebacker core wind up making the difference. I think they're going to get after the freshman quarterback a little bit, make it difficult. I'm going to go with 27-13 uh, to 13, uh, Oklahoma over the Cyclones. I think it's going to be a, you know not a, a blowout, but I think it's one that, that OU is going to have in hand for most of the night.
0: All right. How hard is it for you to say the OU defense is so good right now? Is that just – do you have to kind of shake your head a little bit yeah
1: it's certainly been uh been a different situation i've been on the beat consistently for this is my 11th season and, and really they haven't been a good defensively but maybe uh one or two years in there during the the end of the the mike stoops uh-huh. uh, second act uh there in norman so it's uh it's certainly odd but that's <laughs> That's the vision that OU had when they hired Brent Venables. Absolutely. The expectation was to turn that defense around and make it SEC ready, and they've still got some things to do to do that, but uh, certainly uh, taking some significant strides forward this season with the job that they've been able to do on that side of the ball.
0: Ryan, appreciate the time as always. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Sounds great. Always enjoy it. Have a great one.
0: All right. There he goes, Ryan Aber. The Oklahoma, Iowa State, coming up September the thirtieth this Saturday, six PM in Norman. And he's right. Look, it's been a while, but that OU defense is playing lights out. Give up six to Cincinnati, seventeen to Tulsa, eleven to SMU, and shut out Arkansas State. Now look, I, I get it. I get the opponents. Who'd they beat? Was <laughs> yeah. that I mean
3: Alabama State and who else? No, no, I'm just, no they haven't. I mean, look, look I mean, you, yeah, you, you play can only, that good a defense, right? You can only play who you play, and they have dominated defensively all four teams that they played. Mm-hmm. And we won't still won't get an idea this week because Iowa State's offense is terrible mm-hmm. because they don't have the quarterback starting quarterback or their are starting running back and a couple of starting offensive linemen. But we will the week after that find out exactly how good and how improved that defense is because.
0: I mean, even if you look at you, you don't you now don't we'll want it to happen. for them. <laughs> you don't want it to happen for the Big Twelve Championship. But this is gonna be a highly anticipated Red River rivalry.
3: This will be the biggest one to me in probably close to a decade.
0: Maybe so. Maybe that, maybe fair. a little longer
3: because it's the first time that both of these teams have been undefeated going into this game that I can remember in a while.
0: If they both win Saturday.
3: Correct. And I think they will, but <laughs> that, that is a good point. I, I think they both win Saturday. We'll see. Uh, Oklahoma hadn't played a good offense yet. I'll put it that way. I don't think so. They played a I decent, off- so. played a decent so. offense with SMU, but that's also an offense that – and look, I know they're – and I'm doing air quotes. I know it's radio. Power five now that they're mm. in the ACC, but that's a that's a group of five school, and mm. that shows especially in the offensive and defensive lines. So it's, mm. it's really tough. To get an idea of how good they really are, with with right. the wins over SMU and Tulsa being their best ones,
0: I I agree, I agree. Uh, but it's it is a it is a different defense than than we've oh, seen the, recently. The
3: last year's Oklahoma team would have been in a dogfight with SMU. Yes, and yes. SMU might have beaten them. <laughs> could have,
0: could have. Right. Yeah, you're right. I I won't dismiss that. They did not look good for most of the season last year and they've they've kind of turned it around. Thanks to Ryan Aber for joining us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas.